0: relapse. It's a dangerous event that occurs once an addict uses again. In 2012, data release stated that 10% of all American adults consider themselves to be in recovery from drug or alcohol abuse problems. This means 23.5 million American adults are overcoming an involvement with drugs or alcohol they deem problematic, according to a survey from the Partnership for Drug-Free Kids and New York State Office of Alcoholism and Substance Abuse Services. In the second episode, I wanted to see what it's like for people with addictions who are seeking to treat this disease. As we spoke with professors from Marquette University last time, I reached out to a psychotherapist who also lives in long-term recovery. We'll talk with her and look a little bit into what's being done for people with addiction, both in Milwaukee and across the U.S., Welcome back to Drug Talk. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Brian Geenan. In this three-part series, we're looking at the field of addiction. For this episode, I reached out to a local AA group in Milwaukee to learn a little bit about the everyday life for people with addiction. After several meetings, one individual was available to share her story with me. Michelle McKenna, a licensed clinical social worker in Milwaukee, works for Outreach Community Health Center. During a normal year, she runs an intensive outpatient program for recovering addicts. She explained how dealing with the relapse can be difficult, but she has one key method, a connection.
1: The best way, I think, to combat relapse is to have some sort of a connection with other recovering people, whether it be with like AA, NA, CA. Some people get involved in faith-based groups. Um, You know, they might be connected to a group through their church. You know, there's a number of different paths and um, organizations out there, but The big piece is um, a connection with other recovering people.
0: McKenna explained that her background as a licensed clinical social worker and clinical substance abuse counselor stems from her own addiction.
1: So I've been clean and sober for 19 years. So and that's kind of what got me into my profession um, was living in sobriety and You know, seeing the need for more services, more clinical services available for people. So after I got sober, I uh, went back to grad school and got my social work, my master's in social work.
0: Her experience helps in her job because she's able to empathize with her patients.
1: Well, because I understand it. I know what it's like to have every fiber of your being say, you know, using is a good idea, you know, and especially in that early part, you know, where it's your only coping skill. It it, you know, people don't, you know, most people start using because of, um, they want to feel better, they want to feel normal, or they want to feel nothing.
0: McKenna talked about the current system for people who try to go to outpatient homes that make it so if you relapse you are immediately kicked out.
1: The reality is is that you are in treatment for a disease. You know, this is a disease. It's not it's not a choice. And if you're in treatment for a disease and you show symptoms of that disease, why would you get kicked out of treatment? So I have real problems with that one. You know, that we just expect people to change their lives overnight and You know, sometimes it's in fits and starts and there's hiccups along the way. Sometimes when people are addicted to multiple substances, they might drop them one at a time. Uh, You know, the harm reduction theory is that, you know, if we can get them to maybe use safer, um, you know, use clean needles, use fentanyl test strips, you know, maybe the person stops shooting heroin, but they're still smoking crack every day well, at least they're not sticking a needle in their arm anymore. And so sometimes it kind of goes down in increments.
0: I wanted to know what kind of things our society could do to help break the stigma of seeking help. She said the first step comes from the community of people who have fought an addiction to help encourage those who are struggling with it currently.
1: It's really tough because, you know, like 12-step programs are anonymous. And part of that anonymity is to protect us. Part of it is because of the stigma attached. And um, I think that the more of us that are able to come out and say, you know, I'm a person who lives in long-term recovery and be a little bit more public about it, I think it's better.
0: It's an uphill battle, however, because of the low recovery rates. Individuals who have this disease don't always see the individuals who have been able to beat it. The recovery rates for people with addiction is difficult to find because people who go to self-help groups and 12-step recovery programs aren't necessarily counted in statistics. McKenna recalls how many people were said to have recovered when she was in recovery.
1: You know, when I went through treatment back in the first time back in like 1983, they told us it was one in 10, so about 10%. And I think that with the opiate crisis, um, it's a little less.
0: During the pandemic, depression rates skyrocketed as people were locked down. According to a study by the Journal of the American Medical Association, Americans reporting depression symptoms as mild jumped from 16.2% to 24.6. People who reported severe depression symptoms jumped from just 0.7% to 5% after the pandemic hit. As I learned last week, many of these depression symptoms can create an opportunity for relapse in addicts. However, in Milwaukee, McKenna noted how there was a massive movement during the pandemic as AA meetings moved online quickly.
1: For example, there's over 500 AA meetings a week in in the Milwaukee metro area, which is pretty impressive. You know, you can pretty much find a meeting at any time of day or night. I thought it was very interesting when COVID first happened you know, and companies were scrambling trying to figure out what to do. AA got on Zoom fast. They put Zoom meetings together because it's the connection, the being connected to other people is what is essential for people in recovery.
0: In next week's episode, we're going to explore a little bit more about how people feel about addiction. There certainly is a stigma of addiction where most people know somebody who is struggling with the disease. I'm going to talk with more addicts and people who have been around it to finally get a feel for what the normal person can do to help break the stigma of addiction. Until next time, my name is Brian Geenan, and this is Drug Talk.